0: Back to Build It, the non-league soccer podcast for soccer across America. This week we are joined by members of LK St. Clair over in Michigan, definitely in Detroit. Um, Zoo, are you with us? Yes,
1: I am. Thank you, thank you, thank you.
0: No worries. And join, join me as ever, John. Hi, John.
1: Hello there. How is everybody? I think we're all good. So, Zoo, thank <laughs> you
0: very much for joining us. Um, as ever, if you just start things off by introducing yourself and you a little bit about your soccer history into the LK, LK St. Clair soccer history, um, over to you, my friend.
2: Yeah. Okay. Uh, so my name is Zuhair Issa, or I just go by zoo Um. 23 years old. Uh, a little bit about me. I went to Oakland University uh, for my undergrad. I'm currently working there as a graduate student, going to grad school. In terms of my playing history, I played at Lance Cruz High School and I played a bit of travel in Um. So all really local to where I played Central. So I played all over there, uh, mostly Southeast.
0: And then how did you hook up with the boys and girls at um, LK? Uh,
2: so we used to uh, run out of a we, well, I'm on the alumni board with Mehmed, which is our founder, and he's our president. Uh, so we're on the alumni board of Lance Cruz High School. So we ran a lot of the alumni games for soccer. So we kind of hung out through there. He's a little bit older. Uh, we also run a rec team called the Alumni Natural.
1: Oh, nothing to do with lizard. Shape you. <laughs> nothing wrong with Natty Light.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Cheap and effective.
0: <laughs> All right. So, um... What, what, was the, what was the germination of the idea? Did you just think, like, you had it set Well, tell me, what was the germination of the idea for LK, for going semi-pro or whatever you want to define this level as?
2: Yeah, so we started out, like I said, playing in a rec league. Um, a lot of the guys were just local dudes who kind of either graduated with us or were friends with people who uh, played with them. And... I remember we were playing Uh, one day he came up to me he was thinking about starting a club and uh, that sounded really cool to me I've never heard of this concept. I never really thought you could do something like that. Uh, So that's kind of how it started and then one day I met him at a pot belly and we sat down and talked about it and we signed our paperwork to be a 501c3 and that's kind of how we got started. And we've just kind of been walking our way through it. It's been cr- a crazy journey uh, starting out as something where we are just doing it for, for just trying to get everybody somewhere to, uh, a little bit more than just to a whole organization on uh, youth uh, to the men's it's kind of doing, so it's been a crazy run.
0: And so how many are in your leadership committee, front office, call it what you will, how many non-playing staff
2: do you? So we have uh, myself, which I'm a co-founder and I run our marketing. Mehmed is the president. His now uh, fiance is the vice president, and she does a lot of our legal work. Uh, and then we have Matt Lentini and St- uh, Stephen who do our uh, youth and kind of player connect. And then we have community members. Those are
0: the main. Right, so that was five, right? Five a, almost as a steering committee. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. Makes sense to you, John. That's yeah. That sort of
1: structure. Yeah, yeah. And you guys, you guys um, kind of started. You guys started about a year before us in 2017, I think. So you've got. Um, you know an ex one more year of experience than we do, and that's uh, that speaks to your organization to have that sustainability to this point, you know especially back then, I think that there weren't the blueprints out there for how to do it, like you said, you meet a at and just kind of fiddle through it and it's it's great that you've got to this kind of this point. Has the same group been together since the beginning, or have you kind of pieced people in and out through the last four or five years?
2: uh we started out with uh two or three other people um but the main people that have stayed since the beginning are me mehmed and then amina which is our vice man and then we added matt and steven they were players uh and they found more interest about it so they joined them are you all,
0: are you all young Not kids it. relatively speaking or do we have any sort of father figures involved
2: uh we're all pretty young i think mehmed is 27 and so is his girlfriend or they might be 28 now um and then
1: young. Yeah, roughly. we're all in our 20s. John, we've got to get out of this. He's clearly a young man. Oh, I, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm writing my resignated letters. Now. I know. I'll tell you. I, th-
0: <laughs> I, th- I thought doing soccer admin was at least a safe place. Let the kids go and play and we'll just be
1: all boring men in suits, but they didn't get involved in this now. There's no nowhere it's safe yeah. for us. Exactly. Um, I got a, I got a question, zoom nope. The, the yeah. thing that I always drive to is, if you've, if you've listened, is it, money rules the world. And even though we don't do it for the money, we need money to sustain these clubs. So, Talk a little bit about your, uh, kind of the way you guys are funded and how you raise money and how you pay for everything.
2: Yeah. So that was a decision that we made actually from day one. Uh, We were kind of going through, you know, do we want to, we wanted to really do it the right way. And that was really stemming from Mehman's idea. He really wanted to, you know, start off on the right foot. And so we looked into being an LLC or a 501c3, a nonprofit. And we decided that the nonprofit was really more our way just because we were really community uh, focused. And we thought being a nonprofit really fit our mission a bit better. So we fund a lot of our uh, missions through our sponsors, but also through a lot of grant work, which we're really lucky to have. At Advancing McComb, which is a nonprofit organization that's in our area that helps us out uh, in finding these grants and filling them out. So that's really how we we go about funding out.
1: That's eye opening to me. We need to we need to drill into that a little bit more on our end, Nick, at some point, but. Um, what are you guys, like, your, your biggest expenses, like most of us, just guessing, are they, um, you know, field rentals, coaches' compensation? Do you have player fees that the, the players contribute a little bit? Uh, what are your big expenses as a cl-
2: Yeah, field rental is actually our biggest one. I know it's a huge struggle for everyone, and, and that's what we're trying to work into this year is trying to find a location that's suitable and makes sense for we can kind of cut out that cost. Uh, we did have player fees. We're looking to cut that out this and kind of let players play for free because we don't want like, the financial attract that. makes sense.
1: Where do you guys, um, as you've come along on the competition side, um, and honestly, I've, I've dealt with Mehmet a little bit at the league level. Actually, I was on a call with him last night for a little while, but um, we haven't ever dug into the history, and that's why it's fun to have you on. But where is your, where was your stepping stone in the Midwest? Can you tell us a little bit from 2017, 18? What leagues did you play in? How did, uh, how did things come together a little bit on the field for you guys?
2: So we started out uh, in the MPSL, and um, that's just a local league that's kind of in our, our area. They had We started out in the open vision. Uh, we went up to the second vision, and then we got our second teams. We had a men's first and a, a men's reserves team. Uh, and then we opened up our women's. Those are the three teams. We realized that having the reserve team kind of took away from what we really wanted to do, so we singled down to one team uh, just because you know we lost focus we got caught up in you know trying to juggle two teams and we couldn't really do it all of us so we've been playing in the MPSO. we play a couple rec leagues or we used to um in, in the winter because they're indoor and easy uh, but now we kind of do a little bit of friendlies here and there now we're in the midwest for something we're really excited
1: so you've kind of you've kind of let the club grow into bigger travel and bigger you know not that that's anything to, like it's not something that we can get too excited about with this crazy nation of soccer that we have here, but it's you've you've let the community and you've let the club kind of grow and find its feet for the first three or four years.
2: Yeah, exactly. We we didn't really want to force anything. Um, we found that when we tried to do that, we didn't really get any. Well, if we tried to genuinely show and grow our stuff, it seems to work a little bit better when you're...
0: What does success look like for you off the... Uh,
2: so that's actually a really interesting question because that's sort of what 2020 was for us. Uh, we didn't really have a lot of work on the field and we didn't play a lot of games because of the pandemic but we were able to do a lot of community work and in our status as a 501c3 being a nonprofit, that's really what we're about so we've done a lot of community work this past summer and luckily with community partners uh we had tcb and net advancing they really helped us out in getting ingrained in the game and for me that's what's is being a community member not just being a team that plays in- well,
0: let's start let's talk know. about the community thing then because i know that's an area that john and i been talk about long and hard and you know Increasingly, we need to focus, and I think all clubs at our level to be focusing on. What's is there one standout move, gesture, event that you that springs to mind as a unmitigated success?
2: Um, I, we did host uh, soccer free soccer clinics in Mount Clemens uh, over the past summer and kind of into the fall. That was really awesome, and it was really cool. We got to have a bunch of kids come out. Uh, they played for free. They got a mask. They got a shirt. Uh, and then our players came out and got to coach them and kind of walk them through how to play, which is cool because uh, not everybody in our area has access for it, which is kind of something that financial. So it was awesome to see people just come out and play. You know, be-
0: Why do you think it is, and I want to get back to the game, but why do you think it is that the Detroit sub area, I, I really don't know what the American term and they but Detroit and the environs is such a hotbed for this level of soccer, like just looking at what, what the Midwest has put together with yourselves and all your local rivals, not to mention the dread Detroit themselves. Why isn't that, why do you think that's hasn't been replicated in even Chicago? Why is Detroit this standalone thing, do you think?
2: Yeah, uh, for a personal level, I know I come from a family of immigrants and we have a big Uh, immigrant population in Southeast Michigan. So I think a lot of uh, people are really interested in soccer. And I mean, I wouldn't even say that it was that strong. In 2017, when we started, we were really trying to figure out who's who and what to do. But I think in terms of it being a hotbed, we really saw what DCFC was able to do. And the rest of us were kind of like, you know, why can't we do that in our area? And we're so densely populated that you can kind of have that feel of um, you know, in the UK where all those clubs are so close to, you know, in Southeast Detroit, we're all so close, but we're really spread in a weird.
1: What does, one of the things that I look at from the outside is, is your league structure and um, Michigan Premier Soccer League and all these things. How much does the league structure, and it, it seems like it's, it's certainly organized different than Illinois. So how, how has the league partnerships and the way that Michigan soccer is structured, has that also been a catalyst to allow clubs of, as you said, Clubs can compete, but you can also have just the, that are just a team that can maybe have competed a lower division and then they have the ability to work their way up, right? I mean, that, that's got to play an into it that there's a, there's a place to go play if you want to have a team.
2: Yeah, uh, so the Michigan Premier Soccer League, so they have those three divisions. And if you're just a team looking to play, like you said, you can play in the open division or if you're just starting out, you, don't, you can play in that open division. And I think uh, the ability to go from non-serious to a little more serious with those three leagues really gives you, you know, a trial and error aspect of building a club. So you can kind of go into the open league, get some players together, uh, or if you want to go straight shot, and and they do have an approval process for kind of getting in uh, higher leagues. But I think for our first couple of years, it was really nice. uh, Have that trial and error where like you're in the open, you're kind of figuring out, it's really nice to have that. Yeah, you're not spending
1: a fortune to realize that you're not ready for it. So you're able to have a club and compete. And and then you still can see what the what sort of the next level is. I think that's a having that platform. I think that's one of the things that clubs nationwide. You look at the lack of a pyramid and you go, boy, why is this better than this? Is better than this? And you know, with some structure, I think we could provide the path as as Nick and I've talked about. You know, there's, there's all kinds of budgets that people have and the way that they do things in their community, whether they're field rentals or they pay their coaches, there's different ways to go about your level of professionalism and organism. It's just hugely different in every community. And I think by having those opportunities to kick the tires for a year or two and try like Let's get a group of guys together and let's see if we can organize it and then build on it from there. I think having that common platform, not only, you know, focus on the Midwest now, if we have a, that common platform for all of us, and not just us, but the, the people behind us that are going to their clubs in five years to be, you know, to leave this Midwest soccer whatever pyramid to have it in such a way that clubs know where they go to end and they know that they can work their way up if their business and in, in their club structure requires it or is ready for. I, I think that's, that's one thing from afar that Michigan does better than some other states also, because I think kind of have, you have statewide pride in that league, I think, right? It's uh, it's not-
2: Yeah, we kind of, it, it's expanding. I know Grand Rapids has a really close knit uh, community as well. So Detroit Grand Rapids, I know it's expanding all over the place, um, but it's really nice to see. Yeah.
0: We just need to get into that. Upper Peninsula. If we get if we get the Peninsula sorted, John, then we're we're away. That's an away day for everyone, right? <laughs> um, what's the what's the catchment area for you guys? Would you think, Would you say? What's your, if you, if everyone came to you in a you know? I always use the the Icelandic model, but if everyone came to watch you, how many people could you get in? Uh, regardless of your venue.
2: I'm not really sure. You know, we've we've never that was something that we really wanted to try in 2020. I know when we played in our first year, um, we would get about you know, 50, 50 or so people to come to some games. Uh, and then when we moved to field, uh, we didn't really have crazy attendance. But 2020 was, was supposed to be the year we were really going to try to push for that attendance. So that's something that we really need to be working on and that we're excited to kind of get started once we have this venue uh, sorted. So
1: go with that, because that's something Nick and I talk about all the time. You're, and you're involved with the marketing for LK St. Clair. So and Nick and I sort of, I think we have sort of a strategy of how we're going to attack. But number one, Priority this year is butts and seats, and get people out to experience everything our club can represent. And I'm curious, other than I guess I'm just curious, what's what's your golden strategy to turn attendance crazy this year?
2: Yeah, uh, I don't really think there's one way to go about it. I think that it really depends on where you're where you're coming from. Uh, But I know for me personally, is just creating your club being more than just the ball being kicked or just more than players on a field, Uh, creating a culture. Create an idea behind your club that people can get behind and that people can support more than just your team. So there's some more, they're supporting your community work because not everybody is going to like, uh, you know, watching the game or maybe they're not, they're not that interested, but they're really interested in what you do in other areas. So that's how they support you. Uh, so getting people in that venue is definitely about creating that culture and that game day uh, atmosphere and just, you know, different ways for people to become involved, uh, I think is our main focus. And then, you know, having people sort that culture and support our vision will get a community behind you rather than you that's know.
1: That's one of the things that I struggle with. Um, and this is true in my own neighborhood. I want everybody to care as much as I do. You know, like clear your calendar. Here's the game schedule. And that's not a realistic goal. It doesn't happen. But I'm guilty of this that I could walk three houses to the left or right from my house and knock on the door and they've never heard of my club. And I think you're right. I think we feel the same way, Nick, that the game day experience has to be such that you're having so much fun that you have to, you kind of have that, Oh shit, the game's going to start. Now we got to go watch
0: Yeah, where I they're think... having
1: so much fun as a community that they, the soccer is totally secondary or, or maybe even third on,
0: yeah, on the priority. Absolutely. List. It's like from the UK perspective, right? Um, being a soccer existing is enough for a UK team because people care about soccer, right? Even down to the ninth level, there's or there's a soccer club in every in, in every town, every village, every hamlet, every incorporated town, whatever you want to call it, um, incorporated township. But um, and there and you know a lot of clubs for them uh, existing is enough, and it shouldn't be, but it is. That absolutely is not the case over here. Existing is the very very least you can do. If if people cared about soccer in your community there would already be a soccer club. You're the first people, nine times out of ten, you're the first people in your community who have cared about soccer enough to create something. So being a soccer club isn't a selling point. Being a community hub, that's a selling point. Being, as we always say, John, being the must-see, the must-do event in your community is where you're focusing. And the fact that it's soccer is secondary. So, yeah, it's it's not so much the pre-game, the post-game, the mid-game. It's the whole package. It's what are you doing for a section of your fans and how are you ensuring that there's a new section of fans coming in, whether that's, you know, a half-time dance party or whether that's a school's kickabout or whatever it is. There's got to be an idea that goes out of its way to engage a, community, a portion of your community that you haven't engaged with before because soccer fans are going to come. Those 50 people, yeah, they might bring a mate, right? So let, let's say there's a, a defined catchment of 100 people. That's not enough. So we need to start thinking about how do we get it to 120, 150, 200? And driving it through... Boots on the floor as John always says and social media which we'll come to talk about and whatever else but there's no shortcut there's no golden egg you just you just have to do it you just have to get out there and glad hand and talk to people and make them come or but you've got to, you've got to have a plan behind it you can't just say right today we're going to go out on the street there's got to be reasoning and logic and you've got to get a volunteer because it can't all just fall on you or three of your best friends there's got to be 15 20 people taking turns and driving it
1: right well, and, and I don't think we don't I mean I I feel like we're uh, preaching to you. That's not the, we are actually looking in the mirror here because these are things we talk about. Yeah, no, totally. As we're we're excited for 21, like, like you, we were ramped up, ready to roll in 20. I think we were, at the time, we were as prepared for a season as we'd ever been. And now we've had, you know, essentially we're gonna have a 20 month off season where 21 is, I'm not gonna say make or break, but if we can't do it with this much time to plan and get people to come out, then there there's a, a real problem you know what I mean so I think that's I, I'm, I'm just always interested to hear what other clubs I think you, you you said exactly what we're thinking this is the year we need people to come out we're going to be aggressive we're going to attack or we're going to grab them by the hand and drag them yeah and I'm just curious what all those what all those strategies I, I just to go back sorry Jim, we'll let you talk in
0: a minute so if you want it's fine but um, I asked, <laughs> I asked back in the day like your catchment era what's but off the top of your head, and you, there's no reason you should know. But what sort of the, what is the population of Lakes and Claire, give or take?
2: Um, do you mean sort of what our community looks like, or more of what do our players? And Numbers wise, we are just, just look
0: genuinely, what's the yeah the community, the town, the, the city, the community? What sort of population are we talking? Are we talking 10,000, 50,000, what?
2: Well, we are actually looking to be a countywide team, um, just right. because that's sort of that, that's our long term vision. I'll, I'll let you all in a let you both into a little secret. <laughs> that's what, that's <laughs> our long term vision.
0: But how does uh, that, we really okay. want to be
2: like Detroit where they capture all.
0: So then, all right, let's go, let's go down that road. Then how are you going to go about doing, and I know that's a long-term vision and you're letting dilate in and on magic and all those other things, but how does that differ from being, what's the, what's the, how does the approach differ from being a, a town soccer club to a county soccer club?
2: So our town that we currently are, are, are in Mount Clemens is about 16,000 people. So those would be our, immediate. whereas the county is almost a million. Uh, so, and it's very densely populated, so that's really something that we want to use. Where everybody's so close to each other, where we may have 16,000 people in our city, but next, you know, 100 more thousand people sitting there. So I think the way that we're going about it is really more in the community aspect. Obviously, um, and again, hats off to you to you all because we really saw you guys come out of nowhere with the with the social media, and I was so impressed, and so I was like, wow, these these guys really have a have a hold on social media. So. Uh, we identified that as like a way to sort of spread our name in connection with the actions that we are actually doing in the community and kind of doing those, you know, slowly building out from where we are and just slowly putting on, you know, different events and different surrounding communities. We cover that county, but definitely uh, in connection with that, that I think I've learned from, from watching clubs like The club and the other ones that are really popular on Twitter is just how important this
1: I find, and I'm not the marketing guy, so this is where I get to just throw my shit out. I love everything that, that gets put out and I love the banter. That's I, I absolutely, that's what makes it fun. But we, Nick and I talk about this way many more times off uh, of a recorded podcast, but it doesn't mean a thing. We might sell a few away memberships, which we appreciate, don't get me wrong. It doesn't put any butts in the seats on Twitter, doesn't. Facebook does. I'm not a smart guy, but it seems to me that a lot of people that follow us on Facebook, if they don't interact with us, then it gets buried in the algorithm and it doesn't show up in their feed anymore. Um, I think uh, they're great. They're, the social media stuff absolutely gets the name and the brand and it gets it out there. But I think like you said, to stay out there, you have to be active. You have to do things and we have to keep our boots on the ground because we can't hide behind a computer. And that was very difficult in 20 is we had to literally hide behind the computer and you couldn't be physically out there and be, the summer was a little bit better, but you know there's a lot of unknowns here. So I think that's that's the the challenge that we have and and probably most have is you know we have our our county is about one hundred and ten thousand, and our greater dekalb sycamore area is about sixty to seventy thousand. and I think those are those are the ones I would target and but it's that's still a lot of people to try to connect with, and you need a lot of different ways to connect with them because, just Facebook or just Twitter, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram still doesn't connect with any. We still do the old school radio spots when events need to be promoted through the radio. And then finding finding ways to pay for all that pay advertising is something that we would love to do more of because there's value. That's why they charge for it because there's value. But I think that's that's where we kind of hit the stumbling blocks a little bit. With. We, we know our potential is much greater than it's as good as we look online. It doesn't necessarily translate into memberships and attendance and i think that's what we need to really feel like we're successful that we've we've done a good job with the community but we need people to prioritize us above something and I don't know that there's a large group that do that. Do I talk um, too much, Nick, and not yeah, ask enough so, questions so, at the so end? I'm
0: going to have to edit all this out. <laughs> Zoo, just the, day, just, just the other day, Zoo, I told John that he needs to learn to shut up because the podcast is supposed <laughs> to be about our guests, not me and him ranting. But um, that's not really No, work. I appreciate <laughs> hearing it. <laughs> <you. laughs> it's not really work for either of us. Um, so, yeah, I'm conscious of the fact that um, we're, we're running out of time in this half, and I know we have spoken a lot, and I want to press you on some more details and none of you've got questions for us. But um, I don't want to let this... This thing drop either. I just want to back up what John has said, and this is—I think you know this too—but this is just for everyone. Like, Twitter is worldwide. Facebook is not, is regional. Is the easiest way I think of it. Like, anyone can find you on Twitter. People have to hunt you down on Facebook. Twitter likes Twitter retreats. Exactly, yeah. I spend an awful lot of time on Twitter because that's my day job. It means absolutely. If you want to get butts on, you you need to think small, or you need to dream big and think small. So it's. The next, it's your next door neighbour, it's the next street along. It's getting, tasking every one of your players to bring someone that isn't family out to a game and then giving them an incentive to keep bringing them back and whatever it's there is no replacement for the the personal touch and so unfortunately i love social media i'd be happy not to talk to another living soul for as long as i live face to face but unfortunately <laughs> I'm, I'm very fortunate that i don't live in town so i can't really get involved in an awful lot of the community stuff that we do but um if i did i'd have to find another excuse to not do it because it fills me with dread but there is no replacement for it you have to be front and center saying hey we're here come join us um so yeah now i've spoken instead of john which is great zoo so, what? Let's go back to LK very quickly. Is there, is, is there any other? Is is it just a men's first team, or do you have other teams attached to you?
2: Uh, so we have our men's first team. We did have a second, and then we kind of realized that that was a lot to do with you know the people that we had. So we have just our men's team. We ha- we have sort of a player, uh, and then we have our women's. team. is sure an
0: afterthought. That'll get that'll get the complaints rolling in. Oh yeah, we got those. We got the girls. Um, are you are you affiliated or tied with any youth clubs at this time? You don't have to be.
2: No, we are not. That That's actually something we've been exploring. Um, it's a really cool idea, and it, it's definitely something where you can connect with a youth club who's already established or maybe already has their roots in a community, and you don't really have to do much extra work as to attach your name to it. But, um, yeah, that's definitely something we're exploring. It's definitely something we really want to do in the future, or even starting our own. I mean, it really just... Time is just...
0: Certainly, as, uh, This is me and John being old again, but certainly as young kids, you don't realize how much free time you've got. Do that, John.
2: Yeah, I've heard this. I've heard... This. <laughs> I've heard this countless times with people.
0: <laughs> Jesus. Um, so, yeah, but no, I, okay. I was just curious as to see whether, it, but there's, there's an idea of a pipeline there at some point, right? That's basically what we're saying.
2: Yeah, hopefully in the future. We, we'll, right. we look to see that that happens, but we're trying to, like you said, focus on one thing at a time. We feel like we put too many hands in too, too many different mm-hmm. baskets. Yeah. to focus. All right. I don't know. I hear.
0: You. I hear. You. Who do we class as our, as your local rivals? Who's the, who's, you know, everyone knows, well, everyone, people listening to this probably do know that the book is ours, even though they're not local, but who do you, Assume you're going to get six points
2: off, or one, two. Uh, we have a personal connection with Livonia City, uh, just because we know the the guys over there. So we like to we like to banter with them a lot. We like to you know set up a little rivalry there. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of locally, I I'm not sure we who we have a local rival. We used to be, I would say there was a former team called Metro Rangers. I think they're the Rebels now. Right. Um, we used to be pretty good rivals with them, but I I would like to say us and Livonia, just because mm-hmm. we have that personal connection, and we really have a good time going head to head with them.
0: All right, great. Uh, then john given that yeah we well, John and i will pick our sides when the time comes and you know we'll nail our colors to the mask listen um we're running out of time <laughs> we're running out of time with this half um i know we've got a lot of social media type stuff that we touched on that you want to ask about when the second half so um, i'm going to call time here and then if you can just pick up the invite on the second zoom and we'll be away okay okay sounds good Sweet. all right John see you on the other side <laughs> <laughs> all right guys welcome back second half of build it um we asked you know what success looks like what about is there a five-year plan is there a three-year plan is there a 10-year plan do you want to be MLS do you want to be NISA what are we
2: thinking I don't know I think that's a good question for Mehmet I, mean, I know he's got some ideas of where he wants uh, us to go and sort of terms of where we want to play I think for me personally in terms of growing the brand and growing the community to work uh, I definitely want to be a countywide team within five years. Uh, I think it's definitely an attainable goal with kind of how we have things set up and just uh, kind of letting us grow organically. I really don't want to force anything. I think we learned that the hard way uh, is just letting it grow on its own. and Just keep making sure that you're connecting with people. Uh, like you said earlier, you know, retweets and posts can only mean so much. So connecting with people and community members and other organizations and just growing it uh, until we achieve that goal and not forcing anything
1: as you expand into a greater geography for the club do you do you fear or i don't know the dynamic of the community but is is the is the couple of different towns or whatever is that easy to bring together or are they like here we have big high school football rivalries and all sports rivalries but we try to bring unity to all of that, do you see
2: similar in your community? Uh, Yeah, like I said, we are pretty densely populated in Macomb, Um, like I said, we'll we'll need more manpower than what we have now if we're looking to hold on to a whole county, Um, but in terms of bringing the community together, I mean, there's a lot of different demographics and groups of people, and uh, when you go to South Macomb, or you go North Macomb, East, West, you know, it differs that way. Uh, but I think just because of how our high schools are set up, a lot of it is connected. I know when I played uh, in high school in our area, uh, you would go far west, you would go far north, you would go south. So you kind of have, you know where things are. So it, it's not like I think we would get lost in the community. It's just about getting that manpower.
1: Do you do you have any, see, I, one of the things that you mentioned about the youth clubs and stuff, and I go back and forth about this, but I think there's great power if the youth club is is aligned mission wise with you. And, and I think we've heard um, just even on the podcast, Nick, we've heard of kind of youth partnerships gone wrong, so to speak, where the vision didn't align and it just ultimately didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Um, is there, is there, what's the youth structure in your community? Like, are there multiple clubs? Does aligning with one push the others away from you? Or how would that work?
2: Uh, I mean, so I I would say back when we started, there was a lot more than there is now. There's really some powerhouses in our area, which are Liverpool Academy is pretty big. Uh, Nationals is pretty big in our area and Michigan Burn. Uh, There's a couple other ones that I'm probably not touching on. Uh, Sorry to those who I didn't mention, but uh, there are some big, those are the main powerhouses that I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, So there's some big powerhouses. There's some little ones. I know a lot of the smaller youth clubs struggle now because of you know, how much money these bigger ones, like the Liverpool and Nationals, they came in and blew everybody out of the water with, you know, how much financial backing they had. No one could really compete with that. Such a business, isn't it? <laughs> but yeah, I guess... that, that's the part that kind of pushed us away from partnering with like a certain, because we had, we had some opportunities to partner with some youth clubs, but uh, like you said, that vision is so important to us where if we saw it compromised in any way, we really sort of backed off.
1: Yeah, and that, uh, I know I'm supposed to shut up so you can talk, <laughs> but that's one of the things that I like about we're gonna we're gonna find a way to be aligned with everybody or at the same at the same level of commitment, right? Like, and I actually have a a call very soon with kind of all of our youth organizations, and we're all gonna talk, and it we we're all serving a different portion of the community, so we as, as organizations should all be working together. And again, I'm in a little smaller community than you are not as densely populated, but I never wanna rule out somebody because I aligned with somebody, you know, no, nobody gets exclusivity because um, quite frankly, we can't afford to make half or a third of the population of the soccer population anti-DeKalb County because of who we are aligned with. And I think there's room for everybody. And, and I think that's something I'm glad, I mean, you guys are thinking about that. And, but I think that's an important part of understanding the community, which you guys do to, to know the pitfalls of making a jump like that. Because um, it, it can it can be a little difficult to navigate.
0: I'm gonna fill that space then. if there's silence. Okay, um, John, any more questions before we open the floor? I don't know, I'm sure you've got 46, but.
1: No, what? No, the, the the one thing that we we ask a lot of people though is in in the last four or five years, what's what's been the biggest uh, hurdles that you've had to climb through, as an organization? Mm-hmm.
2: I think for me personally, and I'm biased just because uh, I'm more of the marketing person, and that's a lot of what I deal with. I know there's huge hurdles that Mehmed and our other and our other partners have had to deal with, but for me personally, is traction. Uh, trying to get people to understand that. You know, when I share something on my Facebook or Twitter, Instagram, people are like, oh, what is this? Like, it's just you posting something. But, you know, connecting it towards, like, people actually want to click on that or they actually want to read into it or, you know, going somewhere. And and this is only happening recently where we're finally getting people who know who we are, which is a really cool thing because we went from being, you know, a lot of the, you know, askers and getting a lot of naysayers to, Kind of walking into rooms and people having a better idea of what we stand for which is really cool which is probably the biggest hurdle for me personally but i know financially we've had a lot of those as well especially field field is a big one the biggest ones for us always comes down to fields every
0: time but have you screwed up at any point that you want to want to openly talk about
2: have we screwed up uh i would say yeah i'm i, I will talk personally just because yep. again i'm more familiar with a lot of my my troubles um, this is where I kind of got inspiration a little bit from seeing uh, you guys on Instagram or on Twitter and uh, a lot of the other organizations on Twitter with how large of a ins- social media presence I mean we did talk about how being that community member is really important but um, for a while there we were really inconsistent with posting and being a presence and people would forget about us where it's like oh you guys are still running a club where we were doing a lot of stuff we just weren't talking about it which was kind of a downfall because uh if you don't have that attention really nobody knows that you need help or nobody knows that uh you're still going at it so i would say personally um we've been a lot we've been pretty hot and cold over the years so maintaining that hot streak and making sure that we're we're creating a presence and we're still letting people know like hey we're still here All right, that's that's a nice
0: segue into what I know that you want to talk about. But what if you're in charge of it, how are you going to combat that going forward?
2: Uh, So a lot of what I've been doing is sort of kind of tapping into creative, I guess, a creative bubble and talking to um, all of our other partners and other members and even our players and, you know, Mehmed and Amina and Matt and Steven and not trying to do it on my own. I mean, that's probably one of the things that we had where it was like, At one point, I was, you know, it might be my young age, kind of being naive, where I was like, oh, I can just run this social media, whereas it's a lot bigger than I thought it was going to be. So (laughs) definitely connecting with people and talking to people and opening my mouth when I need help. So, yeah, I
0: mean, do you have outside of your steering committee, you alluded to various other people that are involved. Do you have what we would loosely describe as volunteers who don't have a specific role per se, but, you know, are there to tap on and to call upon if needed?
2: Yeah, a lot of our, uh, we obviously have a really good family connection. A lot of our families help out with volunteers, but a lot of our players come back and volunteer uh, and just do some work for us when we need them to. Uh, We have community partners who are only volunteering. They really have no stake and they just help us out just because they uh, understand and like our vision and you know, we try to help each other out. So that's like a big thing for us uh, getting the volunteers, but volunteer work can only go so far. Sometimes you're gonna have to pay people, which is something that we're looking at too. Uh, going forward
0: I would say yes you do and no you don't um you've got to make and John feel free to butt in and we honestly we are going to open the floor to you I promise but um you've got to pick and choose your battles and if you've got to throw money at it do you have to throw money at it is the is it absolutely essential that you you know use this platform or use this ticketing platform or what whatever it is like there's there's some things we have to pay money for website hosting uh, game day, you know, field rentals, jerseys, uniforms, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But then there's some things that you can be smart about. And I'm, I, you know, off the top of my head, I, because I don't know what you're talking about, I don't want to give examples of what we've done. But it just, it, John, forget correct me if I'm wrong here, but it's it's a warning sign to me that a club of your size, and I mean that not disrespectfully, but you know, Verticom is only 50 odd people, is looking at throwing money at something that probably falls within your remit of social media. Um, because it should, it, I, I can't see a world that you would need in which you'd need to be. So if you wanna talk about that more, go crazy and, you know, shoot me down. But um, it, it worries me a little bit that you're thinking of spending money.
2: Yeah, no, uh, and I'll, I'll come back that maybe maybe to rephrase it or kind of put it in a better light. <laughs> um, not not in the immediate future. I'm kind of looking, you know, if we were to do this big picture thing mm-hmm. uh, that we're talking about and being a county uh, presence and having the youth club and everything like that, um, more of right now, we, we, we aren't spending money where we don't need to. It's just in building a bigger club and, you know, you want to get the volunteer work where you can. But um, I feel as when we keep building, keep building, you know, you need to pay your coaches, you need to pay your refs, you need to pay league fees, you need to pay, mm-hmm. you know, and those will accumulate with the more teams you have, I guess you could say, it's like if you're going into youth.
0: Yeah, that's fair. But then I would, I would go, then my thing would be, and it's not to exploit them in any way, but you said earlier that you were thinking about not charging player fees. Um, if you're providing them with a, with a place to play and a place to be recognised and an affiliation with NISA, God love it, and, you know, full kit and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think it's unreasonable to ask them to pay a little bit. You know, they, if, you're, if you're paying rec football, you're still playing paying for the hire of the field. So I don't think it's unfair to say, you know, nominal sum and... That's for you to work out, but I don't think it's unfair to say you can't play for free.
2: I I totally understand that. Yeah, it's a a weird balance, especially in our area where a lot of the teams uh, you can play for for free. So it's like, it's really trying to find that balancing act of, you know. For sure.
0: Yeah. And you don't don't know until you try, right? One way and the other.
2: Exactly. Yeah. John,
1: any thoughts? No, no, I'm I'm just listening. I I learn more when I shut my mouth. So, no, it's good. (laughs) It's good to hear. 40,
0: 40 years it's taken him to come to that decision. Okay, <laughs> Zoo, Um, in, in my role as social media director, communications, press, whatever you want to call it, um, I believe you've got some questions that uh, for once I can answer, so go. This
2: is your moment, my friend. Yes, <laughs> so uh, we we kind of talked about it a little bit, so I'm not sure uh, how much, but when we were talking about social media presence and that was kind of one of our big pro- uh, topics that we talked about, um, I know you. You both, or your your club, carries such large presence, and you're on everything. Like you're commenting on everything, you're oh. you're posting on everything. Like how do you how do you keep up with that? Is it one person truly, or
0: yeah, how do you me. keep
2: up with that that constant pressure? I'm
0: just <laughs> blown away. It's it's just me and a very understanding, stroke naive boss who doesn't know what I do with my day in my day job. No, <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's not a competition, is what I would say first and foremost, right? I spend a lot of time on Twitter because I'm fortunate that my day job involves me spending a lot of time online and whatever. And my boss trusts me in the same way that he, John's boss trusts him to you know get the job done and the rest of the time is your own. Not everyone's that fortunate, right? If, you, if you're if you packing groceries, if you're a brain surgeon, sometimes you are not in front of a laptop and that's it. So I would never, ever compare myself to anybody else that's doing, that's doing stuff out there. I do what I do um, the way that I do it. And if John and the club don't like it, then they will tell me and I will go on my merry way. In the same way, there are clubs out there that we could all name that you know are very, very infrequent posters. You alluded to your, your you you guys' struggles in the past. There's some that I'm thinking of right now that you know may turn up on a match day and then you will not hear from them again. That's fine if that's what they want to do. It may not be what they want to do, but it may be all they can do. Fine. Don't have a social media presence for the sake of it. Don't have a Twitter account, just the shits and giggles. Don't you know TikTok sort of down with all the kids if you're going to use it use it if you're not then you're just adding unnecessary stress to you to your day and oh god i've got to put something on there if there's value to it make it work if there's not be that financial to the club or for you in terms of your mental health then don't do it very very simple um i use i don't know i don't know what your day job is but i use um hootsuite to monitor everything um still on the free package but it allows me to schedule up to 30 messages. It allows me to search for key phrases and get alerts if, you know, Union Dubuque say anything that I can just laugh at them about. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, it's just, you know, again, it's just luck of the draw. If you can't do it, if, if your day job says you can't, then don't stress about it and don't spend six hours of your evening not being on Tinder for doing it or whatever, right? It's just, it's not important. <laughs> what, what is important is finding your market. So. If you've got 50 people coming through the gate, I would hope you've got 50 sets or at least, you know, 25 sets of email addresses. Utilise that and send out an email. Utilise your time when you go to the store, when players go to the store, when you've got you know someone's birthday party, if we can ever go out again, ever. But um, never be afraid, afraid or ashamed of being LK Sinclair in person um you're the best brand ambassador you've got way better than any twitter because and i always use san diego but i don't give them, you know much though i'm vain enough that i love getting 25 retweets from san diego it means jack shit absolutely jack shit facebook likes might mean something but as john alluded to unless they're actively posting then you know over time the algorithm says oh you're not interested in this I, I'm, not, I'm not sure about you but i'm a member of so many facebook groups that i never see anything from because i either muted them or just didn't interact with them and facebook got bored of showing them to me so if you're going to post on Facebook, make sure it's stuff that people that is challenging people to respond. If you're going to use Twitter, be mindful of what it is and just like you go walking into a room and shouting. We're lucky that a lot of the Midwest clubs are sort of banding together. And, you know, I, I hate the phrase banter, but there is a banter league thing going on now. And that's great because we're all... The whole ethos behind the league is the, is the, a wider community thing that we certainly wouldn't have got with other leagues. But, yeah, sorry, this is a long and winding answer to don't worry about it, bluntly. do Honestly, do what you can. If you only get half an hour a day, then take a week to work out what you should be doing with that half an hour a day. Don't be thinking, oh, I should be doing Twitter. Why should you be doing Twitter? Why should you be doing any of it? Is it better to write an email? Is it better to create a... Pamphlet that a poster that someone can stick in their window that you know has ten thousand people walking past. There isn't a one-size-one one solution for everything, so be smart about it.
1: And to your to your credit, Drew, I'll tell you, I, and I told Nick this a couple weeks ago. I I think from a community standpoint, what you do share, I think, especially the Midwest Premier League teams that I'm following more closely now. I think you do as much community stuff as anybody. So, and, and you're sharing it that's why I'm seeing it. So Mm -hmm. I don't know that, I don't know that it's a matter of quantity as Nick said, he has the ability to be on there and and he loves the eyeballs as, as everybody seems to point out. (laughs) And
2: (laughs) the emojis are
1: great. Yeah. But I think that's, I think that's like, that's just Nick's style. And, And like so many things, kind of lucked into Nick being involved and in, in having the type of style and sense of humor that he has to do what he does for us. And and yes, he does it all. And I think I told this recently on a podcast, but he, he at one point, I was on the account too, and I would post something and he said, leave it to the professionals. I think he texted me that. And I said, okay. And I don't think I've posted anything since. And it's been like a year and a half. So <laughs> that's one crazy animal that keeps up with it and he's and he's everywhere but but your boy even even some of the facebook um the target marketing we've done i think nick mm-hmm. our kind of rule of thumb is we promote things that generate money absolutely so if we're selling tickets if we're if we're doing a camp and charging 20 bucks per per youth, if there's if there's money to be made from it we will invest money to promote it locally through facebook but we won't necessarily spend 50 bucks to promote that we did a fundraiser for somebody else. Like Mm -hmm. if we had just helped somebody in the community, we don't promote that as hard as we do the things that actually bring money back because that keeps the whole ball rolling. Yeah. And ultimately, it goes back to the fact that
0: one like or retweet or engagement from Mrs. Smith of Boggins Avenue in St. Clair is worth a thousand retweets from Ted Vestervelt or Chris Castle or whatever, right? Because they're not coming to the game. And your atmosphere is better and your community engagement but you're more an enticement to the rest of your community when Mrs. Goggins turns up than when she doesn't turn up. Very simply.
2: Yeah, that's it. I, I like the, the way you both put it where it's more of a quality over quantity. I feel like sometimes um, I do get stuck and I guess that would be one of my downfalls as well as, you know, chasing that quantity but uh, I like to focus on quality, so I, mm-hmm. I sometimes fall behind, and <laughs> and I like the the perspective you know, focusing on on uh, and, yeah and what's more important to me. Sort of. And at the
0: end of the day, as well, it's just Twitter, it's just Facebook, right? What's going to make your make or break your club is how many people come through the gate, and you can't quantify that by what you do on Facebook and Twitter. And your time genuinely, genuinely, would be better spared spent if you could do it, stickering everybody's wheelie bins or refuse bins or trash cans with. Louis Sinclair's Louis Sinclair (laughs) Um, LK Sinclair's um, roster not roster schedule for this upcoming season you know if if there was a way of doing that that was was free and took the same amount of time that's far more likely to engage than a here's army number 23 post bluntly but it's just you've got to be smart about it I like that yeah and then I don't
2: see you have any more to add on to this I did have uh, some more yeah no
0: go go I don't want to talk again so go
2: yeah, so uh, just connecting back to what John was uh, alluding to with the call with your organizations and your youth, um, I guess the question is, how do you go about, you know, collecting these people and getting them, I guess, well, for lack of a better term, in one room or one call uh, and getting them sort of connected with each other? And I don't know what the the scene is in, you know, in your area, but I just know if I, I try to do that, I, I really don't know how I would go about it.
1: Well, we're going to find out because, um, fortunately, I I have good relationships with, I mean, there's only a handful of organizations and they're very different from the AYSO programs that are obviously more youth entry level introduction to to the sport, um, up through the competitive club level, and there's really only four or five organizations and um, what the way we've gone about it in this particular instance, this upcoming call is, um, we left all the high school programs out, the middle school programs, the college programs, NIU, everything that's funded through taxpayer dollars. Essentially, we didn't invite them yet. And this, I should, I didn't set this call up. This is something that we've been kind of kicking around since last summer, as a as a soccer community. So. We're just we're just gonna have a chat and talk about how we can work work together. And I think the one thing that I want to do, if you were to, I'm, I'm symbolic, right? Everybody likes pyramids and they like to see who's at the top. I want to be. Um, uh, it's gonna sound kind of weird, but I want to be in the center, where everybody is around us as the adult program, and we are we're working together with all of them equally. So it's not a matter of who's on top; it's a matter of what is the hub? As Nick said, like we want to be the community hub for soccer. So through our marketing, through our podcasts, um, all these things, we want to be the hub where people go to find out information about. Hey, this organization's having tryouts. I saw it when DeKalb County United shared it, and we become sort of like the marketing partner of these organizations and stuff. And then some of the things that I want. If you knew me, you'd know I always have a list of of things. Um, but I want to talk about how we can go to the community instead of saying, hey, I need money and that guy needs money and those people need money. How can we go to a bigger company and say, maybe we pool our numbers, both you know, social media numbers and, and impressions, but active members of all these clubs and organizations and followers and all this stuff. And how do we go to a big company and say, why don't you support all of us together and and pool those numbers because it's more impactful that way so those are some of the things we're going to talk about i don't know that it works when you have competitive clubs everybody's you know you're in a different market where everybody's they want to beat on each other and they don't necessarily want to work together that can be obviously uh problematic but um our situation is we're all very friendly at least to our to our faces and we'll see how the conversation goes but at the end of the day I, I would not recommend we align with anybody that's going to push away other people. That's just my own take on it.
2: Yeah, no, I like that kind of having a collective effort rather than, you know, just siding with the biggest player just because of the biggest player.
1: Yeah, it doesn't. There, sometimes when you get money and, and player fees and youth development involved, it's got to be just the right fit, I think. And, and that's not from my own experience. That's from just hearing so many people that, that have tried it and did it for a year. And then it was like, yeah, this isn't working. Now we're going to go do our own thing. And it almost soured now you've almost, it didn't work. Now you've soured those people. Plus you soured everybody you didn't go with to begin with. And and I'm not, all the things we've said, I'm not convinced that the youth players and their families are the ones that are going to turn up because that's not what we've seen. Um, because they're, they're playing games on the weekends and they've already been traveling an hour to an away match and they're not going to come watch a game Saturday night because mom and dad are having some friends over and they're just going to hang out in the backyard and they're not interested in going back out again for another soccer game or the fifth soccer game of the week. That's not necessarily the the group that comes out. Of course, there's a small percentage that are diehards that won't miss but we're not We're not focusing on make it about soccer. We're focusing on make it a community event. So that opens up a whole, the whole remaining population as a customer or potential customer. It's intriguing stuff, isn't
0: it? It it goes back to that thing that the soccer market isn't your market. It's the people that don't know they like soccer or the people that want to be about Your community—they're the the ones that are the people that are going to grow you because the soccer market is already there. The soccer people may come when you become a community thing because because at the moment they're thinking, oh, God bless the American spirit. But because you grow up on major league sports, right? They're thinking maybe they're thinking about Detroit City, but they're they're thinking about Euro leagues. They might be thinking about MLS. They might be thinking about Detroit, but they're not thinking about soccer in your community because it's not the soccer they're used to. It's not the minor league sport that they're used to. So the people that are going to engage with your product, which is a dread phrase, but there you go, are the people that care about community. And it's a weird mindset to get yourself into, that. I'm running a soccer club and soccer people are at my market. But if you get there, yeah, and, then all and, of a sudden opens yeah, up a whole different pathway.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. You're, you're more focused on your community members and your community neighbors and you totally know, dis- all yeah. those people who are actually on the ground rather than just people who support soccer because at the end of the day you don't know if they're gonna you know really come to anything they may like your post but mm-hmm. are they really gonna you know gain you that support yeah
1: i think one of the other things that holds us back we talked about field rentals i mean i we whatever semi-pro elite amateur whatever we are i don't care how we define ourselves but if you want to connect to the community and nick i might have said this to you i don't know who i said this to this last week but we really should be calling ourselves minor league soccer because that's what people understand because everybody knows what minor league baseball is and what minor league baseball does in my experience is nobody knows the players and it's cheap beer and there's entertainment constantly and fireworks and all this other rigmarole the baseball means nothing it's a it's a saturday or a wednesday night get out of the house and I think that the minor league baseball has had the funding and support behind it to do those kinds of things where if you go try to do a thousand dollar firework show you're going to go the wrong way financially um and I think that's the thing that we we as as a soccer community struggle with is not only do we not have the facilities of our own to do whatever we want we don't those ones that we do have we are very limited on on whether it's just physical space. What you know, can we have smoke bombs? Can we, can we be loud? Can we use this? Can we do that to give people that experience that keeps them coming back? So it's 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 a cycle where we need more people coming to justify building our own facilities or buying our own land. But if we had our own land, we could do so much more, and then I think we could get more people. and I, And that's something I struggle with. That I think that that's the next. That's gonna be the next leap for clubs that are legitimate is those that can, can have their own facility and some control to do what they need to do to connect with the community and host an event that's not a soccer match. Do we have a clubhouse where we can have a chamber of commerce meeting? Um, all those kinds of things. I think those that's, that's the next wave in the next X number of years that we all probably dream to get to, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing that just came to mind that we
0: always talk about, John, is my big bugbear. Is, um, and I, I genuinely don't know how guilty you guys are of this, soon, but um, there is a tendency for startup clubs, and I know you're not really a startup club, but I'm going to lump you with it, to be player driven, right? I want somewhere to play. Um, me and my mates want to want someone to play and we're going to legitimise it and we're going to join this league and we're going to have these sweet jerseys and yada, yada, yada. And that's great, right? But at some point, you're going to break your leg or you're going to move away. You're going to get a new job that doesn't commit you to it. Um, your commitment to the club, not yours per se, Zoo, I'm not calling you out on it, um, but your priorities will change. Fans, give or take, don't change their priorities, right? Um, if there's something there that they're engaged with, they will come come hell water they're the ones that are come and stand in the rain and the cold and whatever certainly in Britain, Britain. You, guys, you guys are too soft to play in terrible weather I've noticed <laughs> but um yeah we the weather we're getting right now we still wouldn't call games off the, only, the Premier League would call games off because people but anyway that's a different rant um but if you can if you can get your 50 people who by your I think way back when you mentioned that you they were family and friends and friends or family and et cetera, et cetera. That's great, but success is when a sizable percentage of the people coming through your gate, you've never seen before. Not because they've never been to a game before, but because they're not part of your social circle. They, 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 they don't know the left back. They don't, you know, they're not next door neighbors with the center forward. They are just people who care and are committed to your team, but aren't there through some sort of misplaced loyalty to you and your your friends. So <laughs> growing the club from player driven to fan supported, is a huge thing, going to be a huge step for you. But if you get there, um, that sort of take, takes control, takes care of the community aspect because you've already got there. You've already got the community unwittingly, without even thinking about it. Um, but yeah, I, it's just a, it's a thing that when John was talking about the Newton, the next wave, it just flagged to me like that's the current wave. Is I don't want to call it you know, the fashion, but for player driven clubs, which are great, we need as many clubs as we can get but the community has got to be able to support it in the long run.
2: Yeah, and I, and I think we would, I would say that we were guilty of it. I, and I think uh, the pandemic really gave us a lot of time to rethink a lot of things and being more community driven through the pand- pandemic and doing a lot more like community work and connection with people who'd actually be fans of LK was a lot better than, you know, trying to get the coolest jerseys or trying to get the coolest warm-ups or the best, or you know, the best, equipment or you know obviously mm-hmm. that's important but like you said at the end of the day you need those butts and seats and you need uh, that fan support for sure yeah
1: I, I got a question real quick that uh, off social media but you guys do you or do you not sell memberships
2: so we are looking into that right now it, it's funny that you asked that it's, it's, it's something we talk about in our board meetings kind of setting up what we want to be included in it and if you have one, I'd be interested to know. You know, what do you include it in? How do you, I guess, for lack of a better word, like justify what's in it? I'm not. Sure. I see we have six minutes right there, so I'm not sure if that's enough time. Um, the
1: the simplest thing I would suggest. Um, ours is on our website. I would I would um, look at Edgewater Castle has a good membership program, and they even have like a lifetime membership. Um, I think, as especially as a nonprofit. In my experience there's only I think like a lot of times you have to be a member organization that doesn't mean you have to charge memberships but it, you're certainly within your legal right to do so uh, if it's in your bylaws of course so I think I, I can tell you right now Andy Hayes the commissioner of the Midwest Premier League says I'll buy a membership of every club that sells them so I'll I'll get you one sold right now um, just get it on the website somehow but I don't think it has to be too complicated, you know, and and, and I always say with everything with sponsorship stuff, with anything, don't make it something that you can't keep track of. Don't promise them 15 things, because if you do lock out and sell 500 of them, that's 15 times 500 things that you have to make sure get done. So keep it simple. It doesn't have to be a a thousand dollars. It could be 25 bucks to be a member. It could be 10 bucks to be a member. Just keep it simple. And, but look at, look at some of the other ones that sell memberships and, and get a guideline and and what I I always especially the first year you do it just start simple start just hey we got one one membership this is all we got take it or leave it and then and then as people buy those and collect you collect those email addresses then use surveys to ask them next year hey would you be interested in a family membership would you be interested in a um, membership with season tickets would you be interested in whatever and then let the let the community tell you what they want
2: yeah I like that idea
0: always that's that's going to be our tagline for this eventually john is let the community decide but um that was his short answer that took an hour and took 90 seconds to give so you know god knows what a long-winded one would be right zoo <laughs> i'm going to give you one one last shot any questions for us
2: uh, i don't think i think those are really the main ones that i want to touch on i mean if i have any uh, it was really nice to put names and voices i guess uh to a club's just so in the future you know reaching out mm-hmm. and i really appreciate you all or you both having me on here and it was nice talking no worries. what is the what is
1: the over under here on where the where are the standings going to end between lansing livonia and lk because there's a lot of uh, banter and i want to know who's going to finish at the top on the east
2: you know i, I might be biased here but I'm going to throw us in the dark horse race. I know that that Lansing, you know, they're powerful and they're coming out really strong. But you know, I would never sleep on the anchor. You know, <laughs> Got
1: it. love it. I love the confidence
2: from the anchor. Got all of that.
1: All right, John. Any any last thoughts? Or is that it? No, I appreciate you. It's uh, it's good. We no, it's great. We haven't we haven't uh, met before, so this was a uh, good to good to meet somebody. Sometimes we forget that there's other people, especially all of those of us that deal at the league level you know we all deal with one person and it's nice to hear that uh there's there's groups behind these clubs and it it just seems like it's sure. the mission driven ones are, are really exciting to me so I, I appreciate you jumping on with us
2: yeah yeah thank all you good. so much for having me
1: hey so re- reach out to all your friends and colleagues except steven steven is dead to us now but
0: the rest of them um by all <laughs> means get them get them to reach out to us as they ever want to appear on this or you know give us a give us a friendly nod um we're going to look out for your results uh you know partly because of the league but partly because of your participation on this lovely chatting to you Um and best luck with everything that goes on in 2021 thank you you as well have a great right please, take care of yourself
1: take
2: care now the time has come for leaving fear now we shall return we were so glad we could make it but so sad we gotta run well it might be a long time till we raise another glass you can rest assured that next time we'll have ourselves a laugh Play.